Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of AWE, Art Without Ego, the podcast. I am your host, my name is Lucci, and we have another guest for you. It's been a while, folks, and you know, it's, it's really been a while, and I know I've been delayed, but I'm getting back on the wheel now, the good wheel. And the guest we have for you this evening, or day, or afternoon, wherever you are listening to this, very interesting fellow, very, very interesting. I'm looking at one of his pins that he has on his jacket, The Cure. Immediately, I'm a fan of just that itself, you know. And yes, Iggy Pop is on there. Uh, Who else you got on there, man? Wolfman. Wolfman? Okay. Savens. Savens. Okay. And Double Yeti is my sketch comedy group. Double Yeti. Wow. So, this man is into music. Um, he recently bought a guitar and has been learning lessons. He is. You said you're part of a sketch comedy group? Yeah. That's incredible. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of more details about this gentleman that uh, we will get more into as this vibe session goes on. But for right now, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my buddy, Reno. What's going on, man? How are you feeling today, bub? Doing, doing pretty good. It's kind of dreary outside, but other than that, it's going pretty solid. Yeah, um, it's 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 very very wet, very wet yeah. outside. <laughs> I parked about a three or four minute walk away, and I was still a little a little soggy by the time I got here. So yeah, yeah, we're in the we're in the Galway house in uh, Jamaica Plain right now. Um, I own no copyrights to anything you hear in the background except what you hear from me and my guest on this show. And my guest says they're responsible for their own sayings. Uh, I'm responsible for mine. That's just where that is. <laughs> nice say. Um, yeah, you know. But um, yeah, the it's I, I like I like the rain. Uh, you know, if you don't have to necessarily drown in it or you know pass away in it, it's it's pretty yeah. beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> you say that about anything, really. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like, like it was raining yesterday, and it was pretty sprinkly. Like it was raining just enough to where I enjoyed walking in it, but I didn't need an umbrella. That over this, yeah. Like the misty stuff, I don't really. It doesn't bother me that much, and it's great for photography. So, oh yeah, I like it even more. That's right. You're a photographer as well. Yeah. See, yep. I, I'm. I've lost track of how many artistic <laughs> things that this gentleman is into. Because we've fingers in a lot of art pies. Yeah. It's a weird sentence. Hard <laughs> so, Was it your fingers or your thumbs? A little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> tomato, tomato, yep. either way. Okay. Uh, but yeah, folks, uh, so this is my gentleman, Reno. First, tell me a bit about that name. Where did that name come from? Literally just from Buckaroo Bonsai. Uh, my friend and I have been friends with since about. 
sophomore year of high school, so going on 20 plus years now. Uh, fans of the movie, there's two of us, there's two of them. Okay. Uh, yeah, he picked the nickname Perfect Timing, PT, or uh, and then there's Reno, which is the one that I got. So okay. that's usually what we'll call each other. Now I've here's I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Do yourself a big old favor. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> I actually heard they're supposed to be remaking it. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. But I definitely recommend watching the original. Okay, so. It's a fun movie. Yeah, like when was it made? 80s, 80s. I think. Maybe even the 70s. Okay. Any yeah. any particular names that are in it? Because I know, because I know, I'm not saying I'm the voice of everyone, but I know there's someone listening to this right now who's probably going, I've never heard of that it's movie. It's been such, I've actually, I haven't seen it in a long time. I want to say Jeff Goldblum, but... Oh, if Jeff Goldblum's in, I gotta check it out, because I love Jeff. He's just, he's amazing. I'm kind of, I'm like curious myself now. <laughs> Yeah, 84. 84, okay, that makes perfect sense. What is it? Oh, I'm sorry, yes, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm out for Narnia. I talk fast, I know. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd, okay. Lance Brown. Nice. Wow, Christopher Lloyd's in that? Yeah. Wow, Christopher Lloyd and Jeff Goldblum in the same movie. Yep. That you've sold me. Peter Weller. <laughs> Star studded. Yeah, okay, I can see it. I can see it. So, folks, uh, this is what we're doing here uh, on the Art Without Ego podcast right now. Uh, if you enjoy what you're listening to, stick around. We got more coming up. Because that's the beautiful thing about art is at the end of the day, it's not about us, it's about the art. Because when we are long gone, the art will still be here. And that's what this is about. So, Reno. Yes, sir. Uh, you, you do four main things. You call them the big four. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, you do painting. Correct. You play guitar. You play guitar for a while, you yep. said. Yeah, guitar and bass. Uh, okay, so you play multiple instruments. <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice, nice. Um, you. What was the other two? We do photography, painting, photography, guitar, and then comedy, sketch comedy. Com- comedy, right. So, do you have a favorite out of those four, or are they all kind of the same, just different? Um. Photography is definitely the most consistent out of the four. Okay. Especially when everything was like shut down. Like the place I did comedy at is closed now. Okay. Which sucks. Um, what was the name? You remember? Improv Boston. Improv. Yeah. Yes, that's it's a wonderful place. I've yeah. been there. Yeah. So that place in the bar next door that we always used to go to also closed uh, the fields, mm. um, which also sucks. But. Um, and painting is just kind of something that I'll do when the mood strikes. The mood just hasn't really been striking yeah. a lot. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and photography is... I mean, I still I play music every day, pretty much. Yeah. How long have you played music? I've been playing music since I was about 
12 or 13. Okay. So, you know. And guitar was first? Bass was first. Okay. Yeah. So my brother played guitar, so I bought bass to kind of complement that. Yeah. Or, no, that's a lie. I'll say guitar. I played guitar. <laughs> I played his guitar first. But then I bought, my first instrument that I bought was a bass. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. There we are. Do you have a preference in which guitar you'll have play more? Guitar or bass? Yeah. Um, I'm better at bass. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I guess that. Uh, kind of a lazy man's guitar, but... Gotcha, gotcha. Um, bass is also what I've played mostly in the bands that I've been in, too, so... Okay. Played guitar in one band and bass in two. So how many, how many bands have you been in? Uh, one, two, three... Four officially, but, like, messed around with, like, other stuff before. It didn't last. Okay. Okay. Uh, what, what were their names? First band was called Tremont. Tremont? Okay. Tremont, yeah. It's, uh... This is probably when I was, like, 20... I was probably 19 or 20. Okay. Maybe even younger. Yeah. The Tremont was a street off of my friend's street where we practiced. Okay. So we just called ourselves Tremont. Okay. Um... And the drummer that I started that band with is still to this day my best friend, and he lives with Mina okay. <laughs> in Dorchester. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, what what year was that? Uh, it was probably two thousand three. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, two thousand probably two thousand two, two thousand three. Okay. Yeah, like, like right at the end of high school. All right. And so. You just you, you just learn to pick up different instruments here and there. Yes. So most of us we changed instruments to be in that band. Like I played bass uh, starting off, and I played guitar in that band. And Jeff, my friend Jeff, um, played bass as well, and he played drums for that band. So okay. Okay. We both switched it up a little bit to kind of compensate, I guess. Yeah. Now, you said you can do drums and bass. Mm-hmm. Both of those instruments are very much in tune with being in rhythm. Yes. Which one was was one more difficult one than the other, or they kind of balanced out? Uh, I mean, drums are definitely harder to play than, than bass. Okay. At least for me. Yeah. <laughs> Could be different for somebody else, but. Okay. Um, was there a specific kind of drum set you enjoyed playing? Not really, no. I mean, electric drums are fun, but yeah. the regular classic drum setup is what I'm used to. Yeah. You enjoy using the foot pedals? Because I know some guys, that's like their main thing. Well, there's some that you have to use, like the, the kick drum. Yeah. Um, and the hi-hats have a pedal on them. But I've never done like the double bass pedals before. Okay. That's, that's a little out of my league. I got you. I got you. And uh, so you said you, did, you you told me recently you just bought a guitar. Uh, yeah. What kind of guitar was it? Man? What kind of guitar? Yeah. Um, it is a Fender Stratocaster. Okay. The it's a kind of a weird story as to how I got it. All right. Please share. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> so we have a practice space in South Boston. Okay. Where I had my guitar. 
and it was the guitar that I used in Tremont, like, way back. It's the first guitar I bought myself. Um, and it looked like an old guitar. It was worse for wear. And uh, so, like I said, we have the practice space, and we share it um, with my friend's business. He owns the building. Okay. He has people, like co-workers or whatever, come in. One of them got into an argument with his wife or girlfriend, I don't know which one, um, went into our room and smashed my guitar in half. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just, just Not like that? Not ideal, yeah. Just like, literally just like that, yeah. Any particular reason? He was mad at something that didn't involve my guitar. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. So that was that was pretty uh, upsetting. Yeah. To say the least. That's. I didn't know what happened to it for two days. I found that out two days after it happened. Uh, my friend Al, that owns the space, told me what had happened. He felt really bad. Um. So he gave me money for a new guitar. And it was a lot more money than I was expecting to get. But it was enough money to buy a brand new Fender Stratocaster, which is a lot of money. Hey, I mean, yeah, that's that's good. It's really good. You know? Monetarily, my old guitar wasn't worth a lot of money. Okay. But sentimentality was like through the roof because it was my first guitar ever. Yeah. And he's also a musician, so he kind of gets it. It's like yeah, it's a connection. You can't you really make with that. replace that. Nah. So. It's like you your it. first. It's like your first lover. You yeah. Know? It's like that can happen like that. Yep. Wow. That's incredible. Smash man. That. <laughs> and it wasn't even you that smashed it, man. Nope. It Not wasn't even me that got him bad. <laughs> that was just the closest thing he had. Yeah, I was an innocent bystander. Oh man. But you know. Now, it's a good I'm, exercise in letting go, I guess. <laughs> the background noise is preventing my hearing a little bit. Is it, you say Fender Striker or Thunder Striker? Fender Stratocaster. Fender Stratocaster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Because every time you start to say it, I almost want to hear Fender Bender when I'm hearing it at the same time. <laughs> but I, I appreciate that. No, it's, I yeah. wish I had a Fender Bender guitar. It sounds pretty cool. <laughs> now, did you, you didn't send me pictures of it, did you? I don't think so. It's, nah, it's a white can... Stratocaster with a uh, tortoiseshell pickguard. Okay, yeah, I didn't think you did. Yeah, please, send me a picture when yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, I will. I would love to see that. Um, okay, okay. So, well, who are some of your inspirations growing up as far as guitarists go, bassists? Um, or just instruments in general, like who are your main influences? So when I think of music growing up... Yeah, thank Oh, you. dear, come here. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so we're actually recording something, and we've caught your voice a few times. We just wanted your permission to be able to use it on the podcast. Is that okay? Oh, I don't care. Okay. Cool. Thank you. For <laughs> I was I was saying that. I was like, she seems cool. I don't think she's gonna care. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny. There's a group and local one, and they always like when I say the dressing, and I always like you know red blue cheese all the time. She's like. I that, but she actually put it on one of her albums. It's in the back of the <laughs> that's, awesome, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. That's great. I love it. I love it. Okay. I knew she'd be cool. That's cool. That's cool. All right. See, this is why this podcast is an adventure. You never know where it's going to be. So, 
influences. Yeah, man, your, your primary influences growing up that made you want to pick that guitar up and start playing it. Uh, a lot of my influences are like, kind of, I guess what would now be considered oldies. Okay. Um, my parents listened to a lot of like, doo-wop kind of stuff growing up. Okay. Um, when I think of my dad as a kid, I think of like James Taylor and like Phil Collins. Okay. Okay. My mom, it's like Rod Stewart and specifically the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Oh, I love that soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it is, yeah. Um, but yeah, the song, what is it? Uh, Love is Strange, Mickey and Sylvia. Yes. Yeah, yes. like so the guitar good. on that yes. song. Uh, so good. Yeah. And I love making this connection with people. Yeah, Sylvia Robinson, uh, she, you know, being on that soundtrack, that she was one of the, she was the main person that put Sugar Hill Gang and produced them. Yeah, I remember, like within the last month or so, I remember seeing something about that. It, it was just like, I love, I love the all the different connections that the uh, the older generation artists have with the newer generation artists. Yeah. Even, even as far back as that. Um, Aerosmith run DMC. Oh man, you know, and so it's like so. Th you said those were your primary influences for Just guitar. Like, yeah, I or never really had like too? a specific guitar influence, really. Yeah. So I grew up in the '80s, so it was like all hair metal, but basically, right. and it's like that's not really my style. So. Okay. Okay. Now, what what would you say your favorite style of music is? Um, I'm like an alternative indie kind of guy. Okay. I mean, I listen to almost everything but that's usually what it ends up coming back to mostly okay like with a punk sound or kind of an easy listening rock or kind of in between uh, like Weezer like that genre style kind of uh, okay I'm, I'm big into like 90s grunge or alternative gotcha so like uh, Nirvana and Green Day oh yeah like I grew up Very loving much. Nirvana okay of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay okay have you heard uh, Weird Al's parody? Oh, of course, yeah. Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. I just saw something reference it last night. <laughs> <laughs> and and these are these are those things that you know some people are like that's old as dirt. Oh my God, you know what? It's still funny though. Yeah. Like the fact that there is. That was great. He's a legend. There's so many parodies of so many popular songs that it's you, you gotta respect the artistry behind it, yeah. you know. Because a lot of people just like, oh, that's stupid, you know. It's like that's 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 talent, you know. Because not everyone has done that, and yeah. a lot of people have not. So yeah. you find someone who has done that. I'm just stuff like that impresses me. Originality, authenticity. I appreciate that. Even if you're inspired by someone else and you make it into your own, yep. you know, you can do that without completely ripping off the person, but in fact respecting them. Plus, the process. adding the polka vibe to it is definitely uh, <laughs> adding his own signature to it. Wait, the polka vibe? What do you mean? Weird Al does a lot of polka stuff. Yeah, I haven't heard too much of them, actually. I've only heard the parodies more than anything. And then there's, have you seen UHF? No. Oh, dude, you gotta see UHF. Yeah, what's that? Movie, it's a movie in the 80s. Okay. But it's like, I'm trying to think of like vibe-wise what it's like. It's sort of like the Hot Shots movies. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely like a spoofy kind of movie, but... Um, right. 
loaded weapon. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> does a lot of references to things. Um, Michael Richards is in it. Pre-disaster. Pre yeah. Michael Richards. Well, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, if it's in the 80s, yeah. When you were when you were talking about the vibe before you said hot shots, I don't know why I was thinking uh, not weird science, but uh, real genius. Oh yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen all of that all the way through. That's a movie that if you're really into science, it's pretty interesting. If science doesn't interest you in the least bit, you probably science won't care. Science does interest me. Yeah. Val Kilmer rules too, so. Yeah, like Val. I just watched that documentary pretty recently. About I haven't him. seen it yet. It's Is really it good? good? Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. I've um, I've been meaning to get down to watch that because he's been in a lot of movies that I really appreciate. Tombstone. Uh, Come on. I need I need to rewatch that. I need to rewatch that. You I haven't do. seen it in a long Everyone time. Everyone needs to rewatch it right now. Um, two of my personal favorites. Willow and Thunderheart oh, yeah. are my two favorite ones. I don't think I've seen Thunderheart. Thunderheart's definitely a must-see movie. Uh, pretty much everyone in, in America is good to, I think, see that movie. Uh, but Willow, that used to be one Willow. of my favorite movies growing up. Oh, man. And Willow Toys. I, I remember there was, this, there was a point in my life as a kid when... Uh, my family had a, a litter of kittens, right? And I was allowed to name a few of the kittens. One was Sorsha, and the other one was Mad Mardigan. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I could. I was like, well, if I can name it, yep. this is what I'm going to name it. You sure you want to let me name them? You know. <laughs> you might regret it. Oh, man, that was hilarious. Oh, he was great in that movie. Yeah, and he's, he was so him. Like the, you can tell the core oh, yeah. spirit he has in all of his roles. Yep. He's got that hesitant sarcasm yeah. that just fits him. A bit of a swagger to him. Oh, absolutely. Like, but can be dry as dry paint. Yeah. <laughs> he was pretty... I mean, you have to kind of be dry as Batman, but he was a dry Batman. Oh, man. That's... I'm, I, you know what? I, I tried to get behind him on that movie. I tried. I really did. My thing is, I'm behind him in that movie. Just the movie itself. <laughs> that wasn't good. The only reason I really liked that movie was the, the fact that Robin was presented into the story and Jim Carrey played the Riddler. Those are the main reasons I ever saw Which that I movie. guess uh, Tommy Lee Jones was not into that at all. What, the Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, or the... the um, Two Face. Two Face. Yeah. What do you mean? He was into it. He was Tommy. Uh, according to Jim Carrey, he like went over to Tommy Lee Jones in some restaurant, and Tommy Lee Jones supposedly was like, "I hate you." Because <laughs> I guess because like he wasn't like the star, like he had to like kind of share it. This is all from what I saw on. I think it was a documentary. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I, I had no idea about this. Okay. Tommy Lee Jones, as much as I like him as an actor, like doesn't seem like the kind of guy that can take a joke about anything. Oh, okay. I remember seeing him, uh, it was one of the award shows, Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell, I think it was, Okay. were presenting. 
and they were doing some bit on stage, and they cut to Tommy Lee Jones. Everybody's laughing. They cut to Tommy Lee Jones just stone-faced. Well, <laughs> it's, it's Tommy Lee Jones. Like, yeah. Unless he has a complete grandpa smile on, he's pretty much stone-faced. Like, but he's the, done like kind of comedic things. Well, you'd think he'd have some kind of a personality. Listen, have you seen the movie Man of the House? Not the one with uh, Farrah Fawcett, Chevy Chase, and uh, Jonathan, Taylor, Jonathan Thomas. Taylor Thomas. Not that one. Because I was confused when the other one came out. I was like, wait a minute, that's not the same movie. Uh, no, the one, the, the one with Tommy Lee Jones, where he's protecting a group of cheerleaders. No, I have not seen that one. I am aware of it, I, I have think not seen it. I think they were Texas Longhorns, if I remember right. And, <laughs> and my family were huge in Tommy Lee Jones, so I saw a lot of his movies. But this one, literally, yeah, they're Texas Longhorn uh, cheerleaders, if I remember right. And he's basically protecting them all because they witnessed something, I think. And literally, there's a part in the movie because he's stone-faced throughout the whole movie, you know, he's the security. And she walks up to him, she's like, she's got a big cheesy smile, and she's like, hey, come on, smile, where's your happy face? And without missing a beat, he just goes, this is my happy face. <laughs> in that classic Tommy Lee Jones voice. Yes, just like that, too. Like, I love a lot of his movies. Like Men in Black, Men in Black classic, uh, absolute classic. Some of the lesser-known ones, like The Hunted, you ever see that? Yes, once. Antonio, well, not Antonio, I, uh, Benicio del Toro. I, yeah, I, I forget his name. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, no, I saw that movie one time. The preview always, like, the preview really caught me. You know, like, sometimes previews, they, they can kind of, like, it's whatever personally resonates. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, at that, when I saw it, that story captured me. It's like, yeah, that those stories movie. are those stories are always fascinating to me. Like, yeah. when you have a story of the teacher teaches the student, and then the student backfires. The student That's always a classic crazy. story, yeah. no matter where you, which direction you bring it in. You know? I'm trying to think of other ones. Dragonheart. No, that was Dennis Quaid. No, but the uh, his student, the sword, the his sword student, who is the prince or the king. Okay. He's the one that turns evil and becomes the bad guy in the movie. Right. In Dragonheart? Yeah. Tom Lee Jones? No, no. I, th I was just talking about when the student, the oh, teacher I'm and like, the student, and the thought, student <laughs> goes awry. I thought you were still on Tom Lee Jones. No. I'm like, he's not met much. I just placed Tom Lee Jones <laughs> okay. in all the movies that I see. <laughs> okay, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Um, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many stories like that, you know, and it's, it's, it's funny because there's always a different kind of narrative, if you, like, no matter if it's a movie, a play, a book, you know, whatever it is, the way the story goes, it's usually one of two things that happens. Either the student betrays the teacher, or the teacher betrays the student. There's always some kind of rivalry that eventually arises out of something, even yep. if it's something small, it always happens somewhere. Do you watch Ted Lasso? I have not. Ooh, so good. Yeah. But the way they ended the last season, um, which isn't really a spoiler, but so. Spoiler who don't want to hear spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I guess make the disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they kind of take one of the guys under their wing, like he was like almost like the water boy. He was not much to the team. Ted takes him under his wing. 
um, and like makes him like an assistant coach. In the latest season, he Ted has to go through like his own personal like he has like panic attacks and stuff like that, so he doesn't pay attention to Nate as much, which makes Nate resent him. Okay. And then Nate kind of turns on Ted, so it's kind of like the same same thing there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I highly recommend Ted Lasso. It's very funny. Ted Lasso. Okay. Well, just because I have to say something, because it's it's with me. I resent the water boy Mark. <laughs> Not much to the team. We hydrate the team. <laughs> what are you talking about? Were you man? a water boy, Lucy? <laughs> no, I was actually. I actually played football uh, and did track. But ask anyone who knows me. I drink at least a gallon a day. No, I, I so. see you drink I see with a gallon of water at work. Yes, it's like... All the time. Dude. Hey, I have nothing against hydrating. It's, brother. <laughs> it's necessary. No, just as soon as you said that, I was like, I'm going to have to say something. <laughs> it's cool, though. It's cool. Uh, no, it's just, it's funny because I was I was actually that kid as a who was... I used to annoy the crap out of kids in school. I remember this so vividly. I was in the drinking fountain, and I would be drinking so much water, and kids would be saying, hey, save some for the fish. <laughs> what I didn't know at that time... Seinfeld. What I didn't know at that time, if I was aware that I was a Pisces back then, I would just looked up and said, I am a fish. <laughs> but, you know... You live and you learn type of thing. When um, I think about being a kid, I'm pretty sure I never drank water, so... <laughs> I don't know how I'm still alive. Dude, trust me, everyone has whatever they have. I'm no judgment. Soda and Epto Cooler until I was, you know, nine. <laughs> Dude, I, trust me, I've lived off of soda before, or where I'm from, we call it pop. You know. <laughs> in the Midwest-ish area? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Metro Detroit, absolutely, yeah. man. Like, I've been to South Dakota, and that's what they call it there, too. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't know that. Yep. Um, literally, like, when you go down in Tennessee, it's Coke. Yeah, everything's Every, Coke. Everything's Coke. Because, um, literally, It doesn't like, make sense, because it's like, Coke, the factory is in Georgia. So it's like far enough north where it's like they shouldn't be calling everything Coke. Well, that's just, I think that's just, that's their way of... It's laziness, in my opinion. <laughs> no, it's actually, you know what, I think there's, I think there's a, there's an underlying sophistication behind it. I think it's... Do tell. Yeah, no, because I've experienced it, right? I was, I would be at a, like, you know, a football team member's house in high school, and they'd be like, you know, firm, you know, give me a Coke, man. And I don't remember if this is how it all went down. This is just, this is an actual high school memory. So if I'm wrong and you're hearing this, it's nothing personal. This is just my memory. Uh, but, you know, basically, like, I would go to get them a Coke. I would get them an actual Coke. And they'd say, no, I wanted, I wanted Sprite. Or I want a Mountain Dew or, or you know. And you said this is a sophistication. Yeah, well, because here's the thing. The sophistication part, I think, this just came to me. I think that it comes from, hey, if you say, I want a Coke, it's like any other job in retail. Okay, what kind of Coke would you like? Because their whole thing is that because Coke was invented in that area, 
Uh, that's the thing. I don't know. Is it in Georgia? I think I thought it was in yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, I went. I was. The aquarium is in. Uh, where was I staying? Savannah. The aquarium's in Atlanta, I believe. Atlanta. Yeah. That's where I was staying. Okay. Atlanta. So the aquarium is across the street from the Coke factory. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's that the reason why I did that. Makes that. Sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, but like everything, because uh, I couldn't remember, it's been a long time. Uh, but yeah, that whole, I, you know, it's just, I, I find it interesting, because when they say that, clearly if that's not what they want, they would say what they want. So I think it's their own way of saying, just creating more entertaining dialogue because look what happened I mean more entertaining I got the yes. wrong I got the wrong drink sophisticated I will agree <laughs> to disagree with you hey it's like saying give me some pizza and then being mad when someone brings you like a piece of Hawaiian pizza it's like I want to choose pizza how the hell was I supposed to know that <laughs> well I mean hey I've worked in a lot of retail and I can tell you a lot of the questions have to go there. Like one of the main yep. things that you're taught in retail is that because you're the order taker and they're the customer, you have to be smarter than the customer about oh, what yeah. you're, about what you're selling and why. And so the fact that everything goes along with that, I don't know. I just think that was their own. That was whoever engages like that in conversation when it comes to Coke. Yeah. I don't know. I could be totally wrong and full of shit, but. I think it's a possibility. Anything's possible. Hey, it is a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> we might argue that. Now tell me about your photography. We went a little bit into the photography area. Yeah. So, um, I recently discovered that I've been doing it longer than I thought I was. I found an old photo album of like physical photos from when I was like 18, maybe. Okay. I had my mom's I think it was a Nikon film camera. And it was like the usual, like, you know, pictures of flowers or whatever, like rain droplets up close. Kind of like, right. you know, cliche stuff you do. And okay. You start out. But uh, it's just something I've always been really into. I like capturing moments, like certain moments that I know probably won't happen again. Okay. Uh, and I like to do night photography, which is something I think a lot of people kind of shy away from. Okay. It's sort of like a... It's definitely a different kind of, like... There's different rules to it than right. there is in photography in the daytime, which I kind of... I like that about it. Yeah. you got to mess around with the settings a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I think you can get cooler pictures at night than you can in the daytime. Yeah. Um, Especially with like long exposure um, stuff, you get to, like the light trails and stuff. Uh, um, so it's cool. I like it's, it. it's no pun intended, but lots of shadow work. Yeah. To have. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Because I I always appreciate because sometimes I always appreciate sometimes just going through you know folders of and. Uh, timelines of photos that were taken, you know. Yeah. It could be of flowers, it could be of weeds, it could be the sky, the stars, the, the moon, um, different phases of the moon. You know, like people, some with clothes, some without, you know, like animals, like close-ups and far away distance, like yeah. just, there's so many different things you can do with an image. 
that it's hard to not appreciate all of it. Yeah. You know, and it's all got its own unique level to it. You know what I mean? I will say that it's like my uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word. Um, just, it, <laughs> like the phone cameras on phones. Yeah. As I feel like, kind of ruined things mm. in terms of photography because now everyone thinks they're a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I interviewed a villain. You know, another uh, guest from uh, at our job that we have. He was saying the same thing because he was he's done a lot of uh, studying for the physical. Yeah, uh, work of photography. Yeah, and he was kind of saying the same thing that you're saying about that. So that's. And honestly, yeah. if he did studying and like he knows how to use like dark rooms or whatever, then yeah. he can he could even say that about me. Yeah. Because I just use um, a DSLR, like a digital camera. Okay. I would love to learn how to do dark room stuff and develop my own photos, but I haven't gotten there yet. But, mm. Hey, um, maybe I introduce you guys, man. Maybe hey, he can yeah, teach you. You know. Because he's he talked about in the interview like oh man it's it's such a lost art and the knowledge that I have you know I I'm agree. thinking hmm well I know you know I I love to just go up to him like hey man I know someone you can teach if you got the time yeah, yeah I mean <laughs> I've been uh, eyeing some some film cameras lately I used to have them but it broke and I made the mistake of opening it up trying to see what was going on and, oh. Uh, Let's just say I'm still looking for a new camera. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Do you uh, have you, what, any? What's the main thing that you appreciate about photography? Like, what were your influences to make you want to try that out? Um, National Geographic was definitely probably my earliest influence. Okay. I remember seeing the picture of. Uh, I guess it's sort of a famous picture of the baby alligator on the nose of the bigger alligator, like, just coming out of the water. Okay. Um, that was on one of the covers. And I always thought that would be a really cool job. Just, like, go out in nature and take pictures of things. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... I've seen a lot of people, uh, like, either physically do it or you just... You see the work that was done. Yeah. But then you find out the work and the progress or process oh, yeah. that came into doing that. It's like, uh, wow, like just for that one that, shot. Yeah. You know? Well, the big thing about that was like, which helped people see the process of that was definitely uh, Planet Earth. Yeah. Because they show you, you see the shots they get, but you don't often see them waiting in the same spot for three days just to catch five seconds of something, you know? It's yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And you have to have time mm-hmm. to do that. that that's time-consuming yep. if you don't have a specific time of day you know you need to take it in. Yep. The cave episode is really interesting because it's like they're literally waiting around in like piles of bat shit just to <laughs> capture certain shots of things. And yeah. Yeah. It's dedication. <laughs> Gotta love it, you know. Gotta love that shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Um, are there any uh, current photographers by name that you know of? Or, 
or ones that you learned about that made you go, hmm, I like their work specifically? Um, Peter McKinnon. He's a great photographer. I watched a lot of his YouTube stuff. Peter McKinney? McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah. Okay. Um, like a lot of names. I don't know a lot of names. Okay. Like Chris Howe is another. He's like kind of Peter McKinnon adjacent. That name sounds familiar. I think I may have seen some of Yeah, he does stuff on YouTube too. He's a great photographer too. Okay. Um, I just watched a really good documentary on Amazon uh, called icon music through the lens and it's about all of like the iconic photos that you've seen of like rock stars over the years and like the people that took them like uh, okay um, like the Johnny Cash picture of him giving the finger to the camera like everyone knows that picture yeah and like the picture of the famous picture of Bob Marley and like uh, picture of Nirvana with him with the white sunglasses on and stuff yeah like Classic photos. Yeah, it's like a lot of people don't think of the people behind the camera for those, but they're iconic pictures. Yeah, it's easy to to gloss over like who was the one that took the picture. Yeah, you know, like for one picture that's been uh, revisualized over and over and over, the Beatles picture where they're doing the crosswalk. Yeah, yeah, yep. How many people have made parodies and complete? Revisuals of Simpsons, that. Simpsons, you know, I've done it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like, once you, once something sparks something and make you want to pay homage to it in some way, that tells you that there's a desire to do something for themselves too. You know? yeah. like, do you have a desire to do something specific with your work? Uh, I, I would like to make at least like a coffee table book. Yeah. Debating on what it's going to be about, it might be like a night and day kind of thing, like spots during the day, spots during the night. Okay. Um, could just be certain spots, like, and what those spots mean to me. Not that anyone should really care about that, but you know. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I like going back to band photography. I like going to shows and taking pictures of that. Mm. That's a combination, of two of your favorite loves yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. You know? Kind of a natural progression. Yeah. I just started getting into that, funny enough, like just, before, obviously just before the pandemic, so I got to do it for like a month or two, and then I haven't done it since then, so. Oh, uh, okay. Because uh, I don't go to a lot of shows, because there's not a lot of shows. They're starting to come back now, yeah. but... Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Just the, it would be cool to go on tour with a band and be a, like a tour photographer. Okay. Um, that's something I'd like to do. That's cool, man. That's cool. I just started following some people that I saw on that documentary that were doing that. They'd like go on tour with bands and just take their pictures. Okay. So that sounds like a good time. Hey, man. Yeah. Just be prepared that whatever happens with the band happens with you too. Yep. So, <laughs> have you seen the movie Almost Famous? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The enemy. <laughs> Tell me about your, we've talked about music, you've talked about painting, and you also do sketch comedy. Yes. When did that arise? Um, actually performing it was probably about 
seven years ago. Yeah. Because I didn't even know you could take classes for it. Mm. Um, so I've always loved comedy. I've always, before I even knew I wanted to do it, like I've wanted to do it. Yeah. But um, my friend told me that he was taking classes at Improv Boston for stand-up. Yeah. And then I found out that you could take sketch comedy classes, and that was that was uh, where it all began. Okay. Uh, do you remember the name of your first teacher? Yeah, Will Luera. Will Luera? He was my first and second teacher. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How was he as a teacher? He was great. Yeah. He was uh, initially an improv guy, but um, he taught the sketch 101 class, and then he taught the sketch 201 class. And uh, I'm still friends with two of the people that I was in that class with, so. Okay, okay. And then, uh, yeah, I've met a lot of really, really good friends through comedy over the years. We went to New York, we did New York Sketch Comedy Fest. Okay. Like three or four years in a row. This past year was the first time where we haven't done it in like three years. Okay. It's just, uh, I was one of the primary writers for it. It's usually, it depends on the group, but most groups have at least two writers. We had like three, three or four. Um, yeah, I, I love to write sketch comedy. I like to perform it. Probably a better writer at it, but. Okay. You don't have to be a great actor to do sketch comedy, which is also... <laughs> not to say that I'm bad, but I'm not great at it either. Right. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, just remember, wherever there's a desire for improvement, it will come. Yeah, yeah. I definitely did get better over the years, too. Yeah. Uh, do you have any sketch comedy that you appreciate that influenced you in that department? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> Plenty to choose from. Yes. I mean, first and foremost, you know, you gotta you gotta mention SNL mm -hmm. when you think of sketch comedy. It's yeah. definitely the first. Uh, Kids in the Hall. It's probably tied. Uh, watch that like every day after school. Okay. Uh, the State. State is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I, well, they mention it because the main guy just passed away, but uh, Whitest Kids You Know. Okay. They're a really funny sketch group. Okay. Um, now yeah, those are probably... These are, these, are, these are names I'm not too familiar with. Uh, where, where, are these show, where are these shows from? So, I'm, know, I may have seen them in passing, but not enough did to... Did you watch Kids them. in the Hall at all? Not Kids in the Hall. Oh, Kids no. in the Hall was... They're from Canada. Okay. Um... But their show was also produced by Lauren Michaels, who is famously known for like creating and producing SNL. Right, right. So he also produced Kids in the Hall. Um, they were on Comedy Central for a long time. Um, Upright Citizens Brigade was on Comedy Central for a long time. Okay. Well, not for a long time. They did three seasons, I think. Okay. But they're the ones that created... It's Amy Poehler, Ian Roberts, uh... What was the other guy's names? I have to get the other two guys' names. It's gonna okay. come to me at, like, 
three hours from now. Yeah, of course um, I will. Yeah. They How are we doing over here? Okay, doing great, dear. Great. Thank you. Thank you, dear. They're the ones that created the um, UCB theaters yeah. in New York and in L.A. Um, so, yeah, they were a big influence on me. Um, yeah, those are probably the biggest ones, I would say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for, uh, so for me growing, like, I'll have to check those out definitely. Like, yeah, there's know, a lot of them. Like, on YouTube and stuff too. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to look those up because I'm always open to. I'm always looking for different uh, variations of comedy because I've always appreciated it. Um, for me, sketch wise, growing up, it was in Living Color was the big. Was that the big, was yeah. It was also you know, pretty big for me too. That uh, with SNL together, it was a combination of those two, um, and. I was like, I was very, I guess I was very selective with sketch comedy because I was, I was, I've always been more of a stand-up guy and a movie guy. Uh, but sketch comedy, it's like, I almost kind of have to be in the mood for that because it depends on what it is, you know. But like, yeah. you, like you said, the ones that you were mentioning, I'll have to check out because maybe they'd be something I'd be. I was only in. sort of a stand-up guy growing up. Like I remember, as like a very small kid, I really liked. Gallagher, for obvious reasons, you know, he's like very over the top. <laughs> My parents had a Gallagher VHS tape that we would watch. Really? Yeah. Uh. So we would watch that. Okay. And uh, and then later on, it would be like you know uh, George Carlin, uh, some of the bigger names, and then like early '90s, like Seinfeld. Yeah. Was really big. I love that show. Um, now I love stand-up. I watch stand-up very often. Yeah. But um, when I was younger, it was mostly sketch comedy. I got you. I got you. Uh, who, who would you say your favorite stand-ups would be that you know of right now? Um, John Mulaney, Kyle Kinane, who okay. just performed in Boston, actually. Okay. Um... Despite the controversy recently, uh, Dave Chappelle is a really oh, yeah, yeah. amazing stand-up comedian. I, I, I'm, I'm a person, like, you know, whoever, whatever someone does or doesn't do, I'm able to appreciate the art form itself for what it is. Uh, I don't condone anything negative in general. It's just me. Yes. Uh, but when, and it's sad that we have to say things like these on platforms all the time, no matter if it's an artist or a public figure of some sort, you know, something like this. It's just, it's just the reality that we're currently in at this point. But the, the fact is, like, you know, whether it's someone who has offended someone or actually done physical harm on someone, uh, I've always appreciated the art form for what it is because, again, that's why this that's why this group AWE exists. That's why this podcast exists. Yeah. Is the fact that the art came from the artist. Okay, even if you don't like the art, if you don't like, if you don't like the artists themselves, what about the art? How do you feel about the art? And some people are able to appreciate the art by itself, even if they're not in alignment with the artist. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, you know, there's different reasons why people are or are not. You know, and, and there's. For me, there's no judgment. It's just you know, different strokes for different folks. Yep. It's you know very much that. There's always, <laughs> really always going to be controversy. 
I think it's just more so now because everyone's got access to the internet and oh, can yeah. voice their opinions about it. Yeah, and the veal has been lifted on so many George things. George Carlin was arrested. <laughs> and so wasn't Bill Hicks. For, for indecency. Yep. For indecency. Was it seven things you can't say on television? Well, it was... Six or seven things. Yeah, I mean, it was... He was talking about that, and it was because he had... I believe this was the part of the stand-up that he addressed. If it wasn't exaggerated, uh, the actual joke he talked about, um, a letter from a minister in Mississippi said uh, didn't like his 12-year-old hearing what he was saying. And it, was, it wasn't the fact that he was using the words that offended him. It was the fact that he was using them, period. Like, he wasn't just using them to use them, and that's the whole point. That's yeah. where the differences become between art and just being filthy. Yes. You can be filthy, yes, you know, it's like Bill O'Reilly asked George Carlin in an interview, why do you need the bad language? And Carlin's response was, I don't necessarily need it, it's just, this is the, this is the analogy he used, I'll never forget it. He said, I don't need it, it's just, it's in my stew, you know? It's in my, basically it's in his creation in process. Like you know? That. Like, when you're an artist, you create something that's yours. Yeah. Now, how it impacts people, that's a whole different story. But yeah. when you created that at first, that's where your awareness is at that particular moment in time. It may change after you've created it, and it's impacted people in a yeah. positive or negative way. Yep. But generally speaking, you're going to make people either love it Hate it or not care. Yeah. One of the three. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know. Hopefully um, more people like it, but yeah, you, you know, can never tell for sure. But the the thing is, like, that's what I love about art so much is that get, whether it's especially comedy, comedy, music, photography. I think comedy is the hardest of all of them. Oh, jeez, I've I've dabbled in it. I'm very selective with the comedy that I do do. Um, it's more geared toward voices and stuff like that because I tried stand-up and I realized not necessarily my thing, you know. Maybe one day it will be, but as of yeah. right now, it's not. I tried it once and it's definitely harder than sketch comedy. Oh, absolutely. Because you get to film things and just save it. <laughs> well, we performed it live as well. Oh, you did live Yeah, stuff. yeah, okay, we did okay, live okay. shows. Um, so I've always been confused about that. I know some sketch comedy is pre-taped and some of it's live. Yeah, you can do, I mean, either or, you can use live stand-up mm. and not have an audience, but um, yeah, we the majority of our stuff was live. Okay. We had probably three or four of our sketches were tapes, mm. and we would play them like before our set. Okay. Our live set, so. Okay. Yeah. Just to get the, the laughs rolling, get them in the mix. Yeah, or just to fill time. <laughs> Okay, okay. We put them online or whatever so people can see them online. Are so they still online now? Yeah, some of them are. Bro, you got to send I'll me send you the links. Yeah, man. This. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. man. I was, you know, uh, what, just so people, uh, if people want to find it, where can they find it at? Probably just search Double Yeti 
comedy on YouTube. They should probably pop up. Double Yeti uh, yeah, comedy? Yeah, comedy, yeah. Okay, just how it sounds. Double yeah. Yeti yep. comedy <laughs> on YouTube. All right, yeah. all right. I'll definitely have to look that up because I haven't seen you in anything comical in that way. Yeah. Now um, I'm really curious. Yeah. I'm in, I think, all of the sketches. I wrote two of them, so. Yeah. I'll try to find... I have the link to one of them, definitely. I'll try to find the other one. Okay. Okay. So you talked about photography. Yep. Talked about music. Yep. Talked about comedy. Yep. You're also a painter. Yes. When did that arise? Um, like everything else, I've, I've been into it for since I was a kid, but yeah. kind of only started doing it the older I got um, like Salvador Dali was always a big influence on me okay. I had one of his posters on my wall as a kid okay okay um, what was the name again Salvador Dali Salvador Dali yeah okay he's the one that did the uh, persistence of time you know like the melty clocks right yeah that, right. Was, that was him okay okay um even as a kid, I remember noticing, like, the uh, the art in, like, kids' books and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, Dr. Seuss or whatever, or... Um, I'm trying to think of other examples of books. Remember the golden... Uh, what was it? The, the, uh, the ones with, like, the golden... Uh, what's the, the word? Lo- the liners? Is that what it was? I guess, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, like the... <laughs> Folks, I want to say Finder, pro- but... Folks, you probably know exactly what we're talking about, yeah, but yeah. we can't think of it right now, and that's okay. But it was basically the liner that hooked the pages together in the back. Yes, you know, yeah. It, it was gold <laughs> with black squiggly lines yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always think of the bears. Berenstain Bears? The Berenstain Bears. Yeah. <laughs> there was so many of those books, yep. you know. Uh, you know, like, there's... That's the thing, like, painting really is magical, isn't it? Yeah. Like, when you look at... The different, like, there's variations of everything. Yep. When it comes to, you know, we talk about photography, then now we get to painting. Yep. That's a whole different world of visualization. All different kinds of both. Water, I use, I mostly do watercolor stuff. Okay. You know, there's oil paintings, there's acrylics, there's yeah, finger painting, there's... I don't know. There's uh, so many different kinds. Yeah. Did I'm not you, gonna name them all. <laughs> did you watch Bob growing up? Of course. Of course, I watched Bob. <laughs> watch Bob draw happy little trees and bushes all over the place. Oh man, and, and he was so happy doing mm-hmm. it. That's why people watched. It wasn't the fact that he was painting. It was how happy he was yeah. doing it. You know? He had a good time doing it. You could tell he loved it. And that, and that's when people really are drawn to your stuff. Is yep. that when they? Um, I'm good for now. I'll just grab another water if I could. Thank you. Yeah, um, what, uh, do you have any works that you've done specifically, or? Um. Or are you still just in, like, practicing mode to just doing it to do it as a hobby? Um, right now it's probably more of that. Like, I was mentioning before, the Tom Petty one that I did. Yeah. Uh, got t- taken down from the website for copyright, but uh, because you named it Tom Petty, yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> not even thinking of the fact that it would be taken down because of that, right? 
Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you signed it as you, or did you sign it? I didn't sign it at all. Just the oh, name. Okay. Like they have you title each thing you upload onto the thing. So I just okay. titled it Tom Betty. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, just to generate traffic, really. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. And they weren't super into that, so <laughs> <laughs> so they took it down. I can see that. I can see that. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's more. I do more like abstract stuff. Okay. Um, not so much. Yes. Thank you. Of course. Can I get some tuba? Of course. Please. Thank you, man. How's your night going, man? Pretty well. A little busy, but it's not that bad. It's okay, man. Would you like me to take these for you? Uh, yeah, this is fine. I'll take these. Thank you, brother. Thank you. <coughs> so. Um, so so what is it that drawn you to painting? Like, um, was it was it the books? Uh, I I mostly drew a lot when I was a kid. I never really painted. Yeah. Um, and I think it just kind of progressed into painting. Okay. Now I use it. It's like a great way to just like shut my brain off. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll put on some like music or whatever. Usually music with no lyrics. Okay. Um, I love music like that. Oh, yeah. It's so peaceful. I found a really cool playlist on Spotify called uh, Spooky Lo-Fi stuff. Spooky Lo-Fi. It's like almost like hip-hop beats. But, yeah. Um, weird, like, ambient uh, kind of sounds behind it. And it's, like, perfect for just shutting your brain off and painting doing whatever. Dude, I've, I've, I was introduced to lo-fi by a friend a few years ago. The fact that you tell me that there's a spooky lo-fi, I never even thought to look for that. Now I'm going to look for it. Definitely, man. It's, it's awesome. This, this is around Halloween time, so it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so that's the music you like listening to a lot of when you paint? Yeah, like, or like more... Uh, relaxing kind of stuff like explosions in the sky or like um, <laughs> this will destroy you or stuff like that more guitar based instrumental stuff I, I just love the fact that did, did you hear what you said when you said it what you said more relaxing stuff like explosions in the sky <laughs> or what was the other one this will destroy you. <laughs> I'm relaxing. None of them sound as uh, delightful as they are. That's 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 right They're up there. They're relaxing. No, it's funny because it's 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 almost like Van Halen's uh, eruption. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I love the. Um, so, are you into a lot of instrumental music in general, or? Yeah, I love it. It's uh, okay. My, one of my old bands was actually an instrumental band. Okay. okay. Uh, Henry Gale, we were called. Henry Gale. We were very into Lost. Okay. The TV show Lost. Yeah. Henry Gale is the name of the villain of the show. Okay. I never got into it, but I've heard a lot about oh, it. Oh, it's, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. Um, we had several songs reference Lost. We have our van was named Juliet. Well, if you know the show, then Juliet. you know that's another reference to the show. Okay, all right. 
I'm sure someone's listening going, oh my god, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, we had a song called The Constant, a song called The Flame. Okay. We we never put it on an album. We, we uh, recorded uh, the opening, or like the closing theme, rather, of the show. Okay. Um, so yeah, we were... We were kind of obsessed about it. Okay. okay. And our practice nights were on Wednesdays, which were, was also the night that it was on. Okay. So we would, like, practice and then watch Lost and then practice some more. Okay. <laughs> that's incredible, man. Wow. So I've, that's, a, that's a first for me. I've never, heard of, I've never heard of or met a person that was so inspired by a TV show that their band is basically almost playing for them. Along cool. those lines, yeah. Yeah. I think we started before the show started, but it was like not long before the show started. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think one of the songs in the first EP was reference to the show. Okay, okay. Wow, man. Yeah. That's incredible. So, we were instrumental. Okay. Um, what's... So Tom Petty, that was your main, that was your main one. Do you have any other pieces that you've done that you've really been appreciative of? Um, honestly, not a lot of them. Like I don't have like a favorite necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I guess that one would be one of them. But what I, I try not to dwell too much on any one of them in particular. It's like I do them. I want to make prints of them, obviously, but right. I also don't want to like have too much of a sentiment like attached to them because I know I'm probably gonna sell them someday or give them away. Mm-hmm. So I feel like having an attachment to them is kind of pointless. <laughs> okay. Okay. Some people might feel differently about their their artwork, but I could always paint it again if I wanted to. So it's, right. Okay. Okay. But the Tom Petty one, I was like, I painted that, I think, the day he died. So that one was like... Right. I'll remember that one. They really really impacted you in a big way. Yeah, yeah. Going back to what I was saying before, like, Phil Collins and, like, James Taylor are, like, the people that I associate my childhood with. Tom Petty is one of those guys, too. Okay. Okay. And David Bowie. David Bowie. Oh, man. David Bowie's on another level, that's yep. for sure. I was in Austin, Texas the day that he died. Mm. Ruined my vacation. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Okay. When did you first hear David Bowie? Uh, I, well, I mean Labyrinth. You know, yeah. I watched Labyrinth as a kid, and that was, uh, that was the beginning of it all. Okay. Did the video for... I want to say Dance Magic Dance. Okay. Uh, the video for... Uh, what was it? Uh, it was a Tom Petty song. I want to say Mary Jane's Last Dance is the name of the song. Okay. I don't know. I can't remember the actual name of it. Um, but the one where he's like the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. Okay. And then Fight for Your Right by Beastie Boys. Like, yeah. Those three videos are like cemented in my brain as a kid. Like, okay. I can't think of the, the Alice in Wonderland one you're talking about, but I know I recognize. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Don't Come Around Here No More. Okay. I have a lot of 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that can make an imprint. Yeah. That's a lasting impression. Yeah, especially as a kid, you know, it's Alice in Wonderland, so it's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Did you... Which version of that movie have you liked? The Disney version? The Johnny Depp version? The yeah, Disney version. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Burton's gone a little off the rails the last ten years or so, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is Tim Burton. So, you know, you have to think of how much on the rails he ever was, you know, type of thing, you know. I mean, he was pretty on the rails for a long time, at least in my eyes, like... You think so? Well, it depends on what you think of. On the rails, I just mean, like, doing things that I enjoy. Yeah, oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. No, he's, he's definitely... You, I think everything has been modernized to a point where if it loses a certain feel from a time that resen resonates with your childhood, Yeah. I think that's how a lot of people tend to veer away from more modern stuff and they kind of fall back on the stuff that oh, they grew definitely. up with. It's like you know. people of my generation uh, with The Simpsons, it's like people are like, oh, anything, you know, seasons 10 and before are the best seasons, mm. which I agree with. But Right, right. I'm sure there are really good episodes now still that I just haven't watched because... <laughs> I watch the same 10 seasons over and over again. Yeah, no, like, I think Family Guy is similar. Like, Family Guy is its own thing. Uh, Family Guy, I've, I'd say from season six and back. I think those are some of, I guess, as far as, uh, I don't know. Just, those are the ones I think really impacted me, as far as yeah. Family Guy goes. Because after, after season six... It kind of just seemed like, okay, now we're just inventing ways to do things that yeah. we haven't done before, which is cool, but it's like, it's if it's not as original as it originally was, eventually it can kind of seem stale, but it's yeah. not, you know. It just, depends, mean, it just depends on where you are on it. Yeah. You know? Like, I've seen a lot of the seasons of them, but I still appreciate season six and back the most. I appreciate those ones the most, yeah, but I will say... A lot of the later episodes are funnier. Really? I think so. Okay, I haven't seen, I haven't actually watched them in a while. I've seen bits and pieces over the years. I mean, the early ones are funny, absolutely, but I think they really found, I, funny enough, I think they started to find themselves more after season six. Really? But those ones are more nostalgic. Obviously, right. Me, I think so. Yeah, because you can And it's just, the same thing with South Park. I think the early seasons are like nostalgic but mm -hmm. to me they weren't as funny as some of the later seasons right which is weird because that's the opposite of what I feel like for The Simpsons okay okay yeah and that's the thing like that's everything resonates personally and yeah exactly it's, it's always in, that's why I enjoy these conversations different strokes for different folks as you said literally you know and I heard that from my dad and a lot of other people have said that you know so it's it's one of the, that, again, that's one of those just common phrases that, you know, can yeah. pass down for generations. And yep. I'm sure there's kids today who have never heard that and go, what does that mean? Yep. You know? <laughs> but then they'll start saying it. <laughs> exactly, right? So now I'm going to go in a little bit of a direction real quick. Yeah. Just to see what happens here. Okay. Okay? I'm, I'm very curious about this. A lot of people hearing this, you're going to know where this is going. Or you may, if you've heard my other episodes. And I do this just out of curiosity and fun. So, Reno. Yes. 
Tell me about your relationship with professional wrestling. <laughs> well, these days it's uh, brutal non- honesty, non-existent. Okay. Um, but up until I was probably ten, mm-hmm. I was super into it. Like we would, we would, uh, you know, buy SummerSlam on pay-per-view mm-hmm. every summer. Um, I had wrestling buddies, like those stuffed animals. That, do you remember those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had those growing up. I had okay. the toys, I had the video games. Like, okay, okay. All up until I was probably about, you know, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Now what changed for you, do you remember? Um, a lot of it was, I think initially, just I liked the characters of those times, and the characters yeah. kind of got less interesting to me, I guess. Maybe. Right, right. It was like Rey Mysterio and like uh, Legion of Doom and stuff like that. Yeah. Text Tornado, Jake the Snake. Okay. That okay. was like my era. Okay. Um, okay. And then like people like Steve Austin came around and that was like, you know, less, less of my jam than... Mm-hmm. I still have friends that still watch wrestling every, every week, so... Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. Veered away from it, I guess. No, I got you, man. I got you. Um, you know, Rey Mysterio's son's uh, wrestling now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they actually became tag Jr. team. They actually... No, Rey Mysterio Jr., he actually... Um, so that was a th- little fun fact about him. Um, and I only know this because of how much I've watched him. Um, I almost became one. That's how much of a fan oh, I yeah. am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he... he was Rey Mysterio was wrestling since he was 14. <laughs> He debuted in WCW 96, right, after being in ECW first. Yep. And he was only 21 when that happened. It's pretty great. 96 was huge, like, not just for WCW, but for him that in was, general. Wasn't he the one that was uh, wrestling Owen Hart? No, but they would have had, had a fantastic match if that would have happened. Um, no, no, this is in WCW, not WWF at the time. Oh, but right, right. Uh, no, Rey Mysterio, it's funny thing about it, he originally was a junior because his uncle was the person he got the name from, Rey Mysterio. His uncle told him, once you earn your true spot in the business, then you can take off the junior and you can just go as Rey Mysterio. Ah, okay. Once he got the WWE in 2002, his uncle was like, okay, you've made a name for yourself. Now you're just Rey Mysterio, and that's what they took the junior out. Nice. But him and his son Dominic oh, uh, became tag team champions. I think either this year or last year. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it was like keeping in the family. Oh man, it's <laughs> like, and his son is so much bigger than he is. Really? But he can still do the six one nine. I think that's like you look at wrestlers and just athletes in general from. 35 years ago and they look a lot different from the ones nowadays like mm-hmm. well, almost like average Joes wrestling with actual athletes yeah I mean it, the the def- the look has definitely changed and it's the same uh, with all the sports like look at baseball players from the 30s and 40s it's like your next door neighbor playing baseball and then there's like you look at A-Rod and he's very different looking yeah a little bit yeah you know like so the a lot of different... Physically-wise. Yeah, physically-wise, wrestling has definitely in, gone in different stages. 
Yep. Like in the 80s, you know, WWF was literally called Land of the Giants. Uh, and even, Andre the Giant. <laughs> there you go, you know. <laughs> you know, Andre Hogan, Hogan John Hogan, Studd. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes. You know. Yeah, and, he, and even, 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 though he, he, even though he came around later, uh, Dusty was still a big guy. He yeah. was shorter, but he was a big guy still. Yokozuna? Yokozuna. Diesel. Uh, yep. what, 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 what was the year you stopped watching, would you say? Probably... It was like mid-90s, probably. Mid-90s? Right. So when the Attitude Era came in, that's when you were like, nah, I like it a bit more traditional. Yeah, I don't even think it was that cognizant, really. It was just like... Yeah. It wasn't for a certain reason, mm-hmm. necessarily. It just kind of happened. Okay. It's the same reason why I stopped really kind of playing sports, too. You know, you get older, you you lose interest. Different interests, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. When music came in. <laughs> there you go. Like, creation does have that power. Yep. You know? So, we've been talking with Reno. Yes, sir. Uh, how you feel, man? Feeling good. Yeah. Um, what'd you first think when I asked you to be part of the show? Um, curious, I guess. Yeah. Artists without egos could mean a lot of things, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely is kind of vague, I admit that, you know, but it's meant to No, be. it's, you know, it's good. <laughs> Keeps it open to lots of things. Openness, there you go. Yep. Um, yeah, so we've talked about the fact that you're a painter. <clears throat> yep. You are a sketch comic artist. Yes. You are a musician. Yep. Of various instruments. True. You do guitar, you said you do drums, keyboards, what else? Bass. Oh, bass. Yep. Yeah, you said that's your passion, is the bass. Bass was the first one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and there was a fourth one. Photography. Photography. Yeah. How can I forget photography? You know, because how dare you? Yeah, literally, like the eyes, man. Like, <laughs> don't don't hurt my eyes. It's okay. <laughs> um, I've I've really personally enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, likewise. Because um, because a lot of artists I meet, some only do one thing. And some do everything. It just depends on who it is and what they're doing and why. Yeah. So it's always interesting for me to find out, okay, how many things do you do and why do you do them? You know, And that's why I enjoyed having this conversation because like, yeah. you're another example of someone who can have multiple interests on different levels. You know? I always say I'm a jack of all trades but master of none. You know, it's yeah. Some people are really good at one thing. Mm-hmm. I tend to be pretty decent at a couple <laughs> yeah it's I hear you man I really do I understand that um, would you be willing to come back on the show and again sometime yeah yeah okay. definitely okay. any uh, shout outs you'd like to give to anybody out there right now listening um yeah my sister Alexandria and her husband her new husband Mike okay just got married on Friday oh. so. what's it what are their names again Allie and Mike Allie and Mike. Congratulations, Allie and Mike. Yeah. They're in Jamaica right now. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's a nice honeymoon. Yep. You know? <laughs> um, so, uh, Reno, I appreciate you being part of the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. And, uh, folks, remember at the end of the day, there is no hierarchy in self-expression. And it is my belief that art will truly be without ego for all time. Thank you very much, folks. Till next time, peace and love. <laughs>